time to talk about everybody's favorite subject. Week 17, the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs. When all the money is won, we should probably look a little bit at what our teams look like, what our player combinations look like, what our exposures look like, and our general strategy around those playoff weeks that are paying out all the money, the most important weeks of the entire season. That's what we're going to get into today. Look at some of the player combinations, the game stacks, all of that that we have in week 17, 16, maybe 15 if you want to look at it. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. What is going on, guys? Thank you for um, dealing with the reschedule. Normally, this show is on Wednesday afternoons, evenings, 5 p.m.-ish. But um, living in the beautiful Midwest, had had some tornadoes going around the area yesterday. And so... Today we we're, we're we're moving the show to today. We bunkered down in the, in the basement for a few hours yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, and um, that was interesting. So we had to move it to today lunch lunchtime show as opposed to a you know early evening show. But um, uh, if you missed last week, last week was the first episode of this Draft IQ show. Right. And so if you're first tuning in a and you don't know what the hell draft IQ is, you it's a tool that we've built at Spike Week. But uh, it's a greater premise for the show where we're really just trying to truly understand our player exposures and our portfolio as a whole. And this show every week leading up to the season will be a way for us to dive into where you, I'll, you'll be seeing literally the teams that I drafted, the player combinations that I draft. You'll see everything about my teams, but using this tool that we have built that shows you kind of everything about your, your portfolio to help drive better decision-making, right? You're going to watch me work through my portfolio and see some things that I then want to, you know, one maybe I want to keep doing it up until the season for the rest of draft of the 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 draft cycle, or uh, there's things that I really would like to rectify, <clears throat> things that I haven't drafted enough of, or things that I've drafted too much of that I would like to get away from. So that's what we're going to talk about um, today, but it's going to be playoff focused. So if you have uh, have drafted any best ball teams at all over the course of this offseason or consumed any best ball content, I'm sure you have seen a lot of the conversation around how important week 17 and and the playoffs in general are. And I don't really think that can be understated. I understand that there are different approaches to specifically how you want to draft your teams as it relates to the week 16, week 17 and all that. But I, I think regardless of how you approach that, you do still want to know what's in your portfolio 
as it relates to to week 17 as as one example so you even if you're not like as crazy big of an advocate of even like you know the correlations and stacks and everything like say someone like I am you it's still really beneficial to know looking at your portfolio and you say okay I'm not like going crazy out of my way to target those um, playoff weeks because, you know, X, Y, Z, I believe something a little bit different, but knowing what's there in your teams is still really helpful. And you can do little, really little minor things to tweak what's going on with your, your portfolio and what those week 17 stacks and correlations and everything look like. Um, Cause you may be inadvertently getting things that you don't even really know. Um, that's what happens to me <laughs> all the time. Uh, shout out, shout out to Tony. Just got here. Love the draft IQ for DraftKings. It's awesome to see. Um, worth every penny. Two, yeah, definitely two shows today. Two shows today. Lunch hour, lunch hour, best ball. We are uh, having some fun. Let me pull up <clears throat> my uh, draft IQ for anyone that is. Is or isn't, I guess, a uh, Spike Week premium member. You can just get to your to your draft IQ under draft tools. Um, if you would like to sign up, it is $24.98 per month. So 20, 25 bucks a month. Go to Spike Week slash go premium and you can, which is there's a link in the description to get access to this tool as well as the uh, draft helper overlay so you can customize all sorts of fun data that you want to see um, while you're drafting you know your exposure to players playoff schedules adp of players all sorts of different things combat you can actually see combinations of players with the overlay which is which is pretty fun and some of the things we're going to get into today but um it's uh there's a there's a there's a lot jam-packed into this into this uh tool that we built here but here we are, uh, yeah, great, great, great question. Not doing a lunch hour 5K like Leone last night. Everyone disappointed to not see you running. If uh, if you if you haven't seen last night's um, ship chasing episode, myself and uh, Mike Leone joined the ship chasing guys for kind of their last hurrah uh, best ball underdog draft stream of the year and. Uh, <laughs> It did not. It did not disappoint. It was. I was in tears multiple times, um, as the guys in chat said. Leone went out and got his three mile run in during the stream and was on the stream running. It was. Uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. So make sure you go check that out. So <clears throat> I'm gonna focus on uh, DraftKings to start here, a because I have I I'm. I think it will be more evident of kind of like a, a playoff strategy type thing. Um, also, I only, I only have 17 more teams to draft into their $5 Millie Maker. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Paul says maybe a Friday 5K with you and Rob. That'll be the next draft club with a twist will be uh, running. That sounds terrible. I don't know if Rob's in good enough shape for that, but I certainly am not. So that would be a really bad. That would probably be worse than... Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I would rather eat the hot wings again. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to look, We're gonna, if you would like to look at um, 
underdog weekend, of course. Look at that. Actually, we might look at um, uh, some of the like early tournaments on underdog, and we can glance a little bit just for fun later at uh, you know like pre before the schedule even came out that you know the big board and and those tournaments and take a look and see you know what we luck boxed in the playoffs. But I think I want to look at DraftKings because you know the playoffs particularly week 16 and week 17 um, and particularly week 17 are obviously important in every tournament. And they're obviously extremely important. The reason the whole conversation about the playoffs has come about so much. And again, particularly week 17 is that we have mainly two tournaments, best ball mania three and this Millie maker here on DraftKings that are so big with so many entrants and so many people making the final round that once you continue to grow that size, excuse me, grow that size, both in the fact that there's almost a million entrants in this Millie maker that we're looking at here, and the fact that there's almost a thousand people in the final round, how do you go about beating the thousand other best teams out of a million? Right? So the top 1% of teams get there, to this, to this, not the top 1%, the top, you know, less than 1%, 0.1% get to this final round. You know, I guess it's, there's, there's like 800 something thousand. So, you know, whatever, it's a little more than that, but let's just call it 0.1% of teams make it to this final round. They're all really good. You got to beat a thousand of them. What can you do when you get there? So like, would you you show up? Would you like to make two hundred dollars? Or I think it's two fifty. Of course, everyone is not like upset truly at turning five dollars into two hundred and fifty dollars. But when you have a chance to win a million, and the floor is two hundred and fifty, I would like to get as close to that million as possible. So, what are the things that we can do to reach that point? Well, it's building within our teams. The t- both the types of players that are going to be better in in uh, week 17 and the combinations of players that fit together so that when the thing goes right for me, I can shoot past all these other players, all these other teams in week 17. Rob is on a roof in Boston, so a 5K would be interesting. That would be interesting. If you could 5K it around the roof, that would be good. That would be impressive. So we've done 133 teams here. Um, I've done 133 teams here on DraftKings into the $5 Millimaker. Here is just a general overview of my exposure. And more importantly for this show, here is what you're looking at for my playoff stacks. And there's a couple things. First, some... Important, you know, not caveats, some important um, assumptions to, to build into this data. One, I don't personally draft for week 16 or week 15 at all. So any of the data that you see there is strictly kind of randomness. Now, it's obviously going to be partially random from from the week seven. I am prioritizing week 17. As you see that Denver, KC, Arizona, Atlanta, et cetera, those correlations, like those are all, all those week 17 stacks. Like this is pretty much what I would expect to see 
in terms of all my different correlations. San Fran Vegas is probably a little bit low, but um, has to do uh, quite a bit with the Raiders. But that's about what I would expect to see because I am absolutely prioritizing week 17. In turn, I'm not prioritizing at all. I don't even I don't know who plays in week 16 other than the fact that it's you know on the screen here for me. I I don't look at week 16. I I don't have you know that's it's it's a personal preference that I'm only particularly in this uh particular tournament. There would be other tournaments that I would consider it, but in this particular tournament, I'm just not even considering it, and I am uh, it, just letting whatever happens in week 16 happen. So week 16 and week 15, this data that you're seeing here, like it's actually kind of funny, right? I draft so much of the Cardinals and the Broncos because I'm trying to target these two games that in turn in week 15, I have 55% of my teams have uh, Cardinals Broncos correlations from within them. And so I wanted to bring this up because People will talk about like, uh, oh, you know, don't just draft the best players. Don't look at week 17 or whatever, or, oh, week 17 doesn't matter. Why are you even thinking about it? Why is it a tiebreaker? Whatever. But the thing is, even when you're not, look at week 16. I'm not trying to do anything with week 16. I'm not trying to do anything with week 15. And through sheer randomness, I'm getting 41% of my teams have at least one bill and one bear in them. Complete randomness, right? Tony, winner of last year's DraftKings Millie Maker best ball tournament, has this uh, Detroit and New York Jets game. He has 60% of his teams have that. I feel like I know him well enough to know that it's, he's not specifically targeting it for the week six, the week 15 matchup. He's targeting it for, you know, a multitude of reasons, the teams, their playoff schedules, their week 17 games, etc. It's a bunch of different factors, right? But you are going to naturally get quite a bit of playoff correlation through sheer randomness. So when we talk about drafting for week 17 or drafting for the playoffs, the reason you have to really ratchet up that exposure that you're actively trying to get is because you're, everyone is getting it no matter what they do. Right? Like you see, like, look at all these, I don't draft a ton of Jags and Jets and I have 28% of my teams have this week 17 or excuse me, week 16 correlation. I don't draft. I I guess I do draft a decent amount of giants. I don't draft that much Vikings. I don't draft that much Washington, whatever football team. You know, I don't draft a ton of Seahawks, but I still have 13% chiefs and Seahawks, right? You know, I don't draft I actually don't draft that much. Texans, but I have 32% of their week 15 matchup, as you see here, and you can see the different combinations that, that I have RIP <laughs> to four of the teams with um, John Mechie, but you're going to naturally get 
correlation in these playoff weeks. And so if you, if you want to pull that lever, right, I want, I want that lever to be something I'm taking advantage of better than the field. I have to actively seek it out and factor it into my drafts. Cause everybody's going to get some, you know, you're just going to have like 20% or 15 or whatever percent of all these different correlations regardless. So how do you turn it into an edge for you is by making sure it happens, you know, at a higher clip in with the teams that you want to draft. Josh says I'm flatter across the board. My highest is Arizona and Denver 37% week 15. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I do expect that I'm higher than most people um, because maybe not higher than Tony who takes pretty, pretty big stands, but I am taking big stands in this, in this specific tournament. I'm, I'm okay taking big stands generally speaking. Um, but you know, I have, as you see here, I have a bunch, like I have a, I have a, fairly condensed core actually i don't have anybody you know i I didn't do the 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 tony or the liam thing where they took like you know 70 percent of individual players or whatever but i did you know i mean my two highest owned players are are kyler and hollywood right so i obviously have a lot of kyler hollywood stacks you see gabe etc you see a lot of got 30 percent right that's 10 guys over 30 percent a bunch of guys in the 20s you know so i have a pretty tight core there's a lot of guys i'm not taking you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's guys. I mean, shoot. Here's a just a, a notable name. Just signed. Uh, I have two, two Deontay Johnson teams total. Two Dalton Schultz teams total. I'm like Derek Carr two. I'm Lart. You know, Justin Herbert one. I'm, I'm taking pretty big stands. I'm not, I'm not like you know, being a diversification bro. So that in turn, because I'm taking those big stands, I'm naturally going to have higher um, exposure to some of these games, right? So let's talk about some of the week 17, like little nuance. What uh, <laughs> didn't know uh, Harrison Bryant was in, was in the, the player pool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware Austin Hooper's not there anymore. They'd like to throw to the tight end. I'm 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 sprinkling in a little bit of uh you know when you when you got that that beautiful Terry McLaurin team it's time for your tight end three to be Harrison Bryant no matter how much you hate it seventy percent Zach Wilson that's a lot of Zach Wilson I respect it I respect it so <clears throat> one thing um, that I've been actively seeking out as it pertains to Week 17 is kind of what you see here. These top couple of games, um, it's it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm jumping down to the third one here, but Buffalo and Cincinnati is actually not one that I'm like making a super big priority to have as, um, you know, like core stacks. Like I'm not doing a bunch of, I mean, I <clears throat> hardly ever draft Josh Allen, um, period, but definitely on DraftKings in the second round or whatever. I'm I'm this is just like a ton of these like secondary correlations. Obviously, Gabe Davis is a big part of my portfolio. So what that then the Bengals, I'm like, okay with. Right. You see, I I do draft a good clip of of Chris Evans. I draft a decent amount of T Higgins. Um, Then you see my guy Isaiah McKenzie here. Right. Hayden Hurst. Why do a lot of these picks happen? It's because I've already drafted. 
Gabe Davis, or I already drafted T Higgins, right? Or I took Jamar Chase. So, okay, now let's take Isaiah McKenzie instead of um, whoever, Diggs and Hurst, right? Doing those, I, I don't have much of, you know, the the quarterbacks and big stacks. You see, like, almost none of these stacks are, like, really big. Here's, I guess, Josh Allen, <clears throat> Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs with a Hayden Hurst bring back but i'm not really truly going out of my way i'm trying to find even like a <laughs> if there is even a josh allen here's a burrow higgins gabe two two burrow higgins gabe davis teams but there's not a lot of of you know the superstars all combined together on these two teams however they're two offenses that are really good and really exciting. And obviously Gabe Davis is a big part of my portfolio. Stefan Diggs is a fairly big part of my portfolio. Here's a, here's a funny one that you get to Josh Allen to Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis with Chris Evans and Hayden Hurst. I don't really take Joe Mixon. So I probably have a lot of those ancillary guys, but that's where you start to see, okay, is that, is that what I want? Right. Um, I I was saying that I don't want um a lot of those you know souped up Buffalo and Cincy stacks, but I also want to look like let's look at T Higgins because he's the example. When we scrolled through all of there, there really wasn't a lot of T with you know Bills guys. But then you you look at T Higgins and you see obviously over here. 58%, so 11 of my 19 T. Higgins teams have Gabe Davis. And so you see 74% of my T. Higgins teams have some form of correlation between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Obviously, the Gabe T. is the, the biggest one. Interestingly, Gabe T. plus Chris Evans is actually the second one. Then you see Chris Evans. You see um, Chris Evans and Gabe. You see oh, Siri is... Siri is repeating uh, what I'm saying to me in my ears. A little bit, a little bit of James Cook, right? It's so it's it's <clears throat> spread out amongst amongst kind of all the guys in that game. One thing you don't really see is T. Actually, we can look at that really quick. You don't see uh, T and Chase. I actually don't know how much D and Chase I have, so you're gonna find out just when I do. Zero. <laughs> No, no T and Chase, which which is kind of what I want. I don't want to take Jamar Chase in the top five and take his teammate wide receiver, you know, at the two three turn. So that's kind of what what you would expect. We can look at um, Tyler Boyd and then start to get a sense. Well, I don't have any T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd either. What about um, T? I want just just T and Burrow. Only have three T Burrow stacks, and you actually see one of them doesn't have. A bill. One of them doesn't have uh, a bill on here. This is uh, pulling in uh, some ex some extra. It's pulling in every Joe Burrow team and every, um, as you see, every T and every Burrow team. But only two of the Burrow T teams have a Buffalo bring back, right? And so these are just little things. Like you can't keep track of all this. But as I start to plan out how I want to attack the rest of the draft season, right, I, I have made 
the commitment to week 17. And I want to look into these playoff exposures and see if there are any gaps. That's the easiest thing for me to rectify is those kind of gaps. in when I go look at my, I have made a priority on week 17. Let's dive into those week 17 games and see what the hell's going on from within there. Right. Um, Josh said uh, something that was really good because CJ asked, where do we rank KJ Hamler? We'll get to that game in just a second, but just realize I have three. Josh just realized he had three Kelsey Hamler teams. And it's like, that's amazing. Well, let's look. I'm terrified because I don't know that I have Kelsey Hamler. I don't have a lot of Hamler on DraftKings. Okay. We get, I have three. I also have three Kelsey Hamler teams. And here's a funny nuance, right? Why is that? Why is there a hundred percent Mike Williams on Kelsey Hamler teams? I don't know. Variance. 67% Rashad Bateman, David Bell, Alec Pierce. All, all of them are two, six, 10, two teams. Um, they're all hero running back teams. There's a fun one. All my Kelsey Hamler teams are all hero running back. Uh, I guess, well, it's, and two of them are Swift, and who's the other hero running back? ETN? Is ETN? Yeah, looks like ETN, I guess. Scrolling really quick just to try to see. No, Saquon. So Saquon and uh, Swift. The ETN was probably before his ADP rose. But anyway, that's not the Week 17 thing we were getting to here. Obviously, that's 100% of Denver and KC stacks. But it's a... uh, a good example of, okay, I have, as we see over here, 51% Denver KC teams. So, I mean, 68 of my teams have have some combination of Denver and Kansas City on them. Three of those are Travis Kelsey with KJ Hamler, right? Let's look at, um, let's just look at Hamler because I actually don't know how much. Here's another. It almost triggers me because... Um, Every time I type some of these guys into here, I don't have, uh, I don't know how much I have. And like, I'm obviously hoping for a good clip of, okay, 11% Hamler. I'm okay. I'm okay with 11. I was worried that it was going to say like 4% or something and I was going to be so mad. Um, so 11% Hamler, right? Here's a super interesting. Why, why do they all have Kenny Gainwell? I have no idea. Um, you see, of the Hamler teams, eleven of them are correlated, which which also makes intuitive sense with the fact that uh, he's he he was and it still is generally speaking cheap, and so you see, you know, MVS is one of my highest exposure players, um, and then Javante is one of my highest exposure players. So I have Hamler with. MVS four times. I have Hamler with Javante and MVS three times. A little bit of Kelsey, right? Russ, a Russ Hamler stack with MVS. That's pretty fun. Twice. Um, so he's the guy that's getting, you know, bolted on to the expensive players. There's no, um, I, I am kind of curious. Is there like Hamler? wonder if I did a backdoor Hamler Dolchich team or anything like that. Let's take a look. Um, easier way to do this would just be this. I'm guessing no. I'm guessing there's zero of these. Oh, look at that. One one Hamler Dolchich backdoor stack 
which is a oh geez, which is uh Colt has Colts Giants in in week seventeen is also a hero RB team and an elite quarterback team because of course it has Kyler to Hollywood because all my fucking teams have Kyler to Hollywood. Um, but again, uh, just kind of a I like just going through this kind of experiment research. Right, we look at Denver and Kansas City. It is a priority for me. This game specifically. Um, let me actually close this. We went through the Buffalo and the Cincy thing. And like I said, players from both of those teams are are priorities to me. But like, I'm not going out of my way quite as much with those two guys. I or Those two teams. I am going out of my way. As you saw, I mean, my highest owned, two highest owned players are, are Kyler and Hollywood. I'm going, Kyle Pitts is one of my highest owned players. I'm going out of my way for that game. And I'm going out of my way for, it just so happens that the Broncos and Chiefs play in week 17, which is making me elevate this number up to 51%. But those two teams from a non-week 17 perspective are the guys that I'm like really prioritizing. They're the two offenses that I think have just the most potential to be, you know, kind of the most underpriced guys in drafts or whatever. Everybody, pick one. And all the way down to Dolchich and Hamler and Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon from from the early, from Kelsey, Javante, et cetera, all the way down to those guys. Both teams have so many guys that I think I want to just have at least my requisite level of exposure to. So that leads to this week 17 data, right? I'm going to have 50% of my teams with, with these combinations. I'm going to have 48% of my teams with these combinations when I'm taking 40% of Kyler Murray and 40% of, of Hollywood Brown. So, um, yeah, CJ says starting to get Hollywood in the fifties on DK. He did just get activated. So he was, it's also really funny with DraftKings because he was out, right? He was, he was out. So he's got the big O tag next to his name on DraftKings. And those dudes do just fall. It's pretty crazy. Those dudes fall in in drafts. Even though that that out tag literally means nothing. It it just it, so he went from the three four turn down into the fifties, um, which kind of sucked because I <laughs> my average ADP is probably not very good on him. However, um, I that I'm getting more. He's becoming even more of a stand unintentionally because uh because he's falling tony says is hollywood going to be suspended um no it was just a, a speeding ticket um it was a whatever they call it you know, reckless speeding or or whatever um just yeah as as eric says here thank you for uh just criminal speeding yeah which is just a different classification classification of of speeding um at least he's going fast uh, compared to all the like checkdowns and stuff he was catching with Tyler Huntley last year, he he, he turned to dust there with Tyler Huntley. So we're back to uh, speedy Hollywood. So when I start to look into my week 17 exposure, I kind of start with it's a little different for me, right? Maybe than it is for everybody because, like Josh said, like, oh, I don't have these crazy big numbers um, like I do. And I'm trying to like, 
really hone in on a handful of uh, of games. And again, it's not because I'm like, oh, that is the week 17 game that I think is going to blow up. That's the that's the misnomer about the week 17 thing. It's actually just a kind of a combination of a bunch of different things like the Denver KC thing isn't really about the fact that they play in week 17. It's a big boost based on how I'm putting together my strategy because I'm already targeting the shit out of both of these two teams. Both teams have some of my highest exposure players and would regardless of week 17, they get a little extra boost because they play in week 17, like in my projections, in my rankings. And so that naturally leads to this, 51% 51% number because they're I'm already higher on them just at a straight normal rankings and projection process than the market is. And then you compound the fact that they play in week 17. And that's kind of how uh, we get to some of these. I'm very, I'm really hot. Kyler is my QB two when he goes, it's like the QB six or whatever. So Hollywood, I have over his ADP regardless of this game, Kyle Pitts the same way. So they it kind of becomes this um stacking almost of no pun intended this stacking of strategies together where those guys were the right picks for me and now they happen to play in the week 17 games and this tournament specifically is so heavy week 17 a thousand people you know this field is so big that i am trying to pull that week 17 lever more than i would um necessarily you know, even in like a, we can we can just look at it. Uh, uh, we'll look at it after this, but you'll see the difference. Um, actually, we're gonna do this. Josh asked because it's a perfect timing and a great point. Josh asked, "I wonder what this looks like for someone that's not intentionally correlating, right?" So I'm heavily focused on week 17, and so I'm getting these big numbers on the teams and games. I'm really jamming correlations into right i have a much higher number 51 percent denver casey than than the field is going to right so this is not quite the exact same thing but let's look let's let's move over to underdog and let's pull up one of the what the big board let's go to the big board in uh on underdog okay that just updated So now let's flip over to exposure. Here's my big board ownership, right? So for those not familiar, the big board on underdog was a pre-NFL draft best ball tournament. Um, And my my exposure on players is absolutely hilarious in this. Um, I don't – oh, look at that. We ran hot on KJ Hamler, so that's good at least. We did not run so hot on Keyshawn Vaughn. Ran pretty hot on Cortland Sutton. You know, the Broncos were a target. So that's good. Trey Lance. Kyron Williams. Whoops. Calvin Ridley. Whoops. Um, But anyway, you kind of see that. So to Josh's point, though, we didn't have the schedule when this tournament. I mean, we didn't. The NFL draft hadn't even happened. We, we didn't have the schedule. We didn't have rookie landing spots. We didn't have any of that. So naturally, the the exposure to these teams is going to be random and obviously driven by the fact, you know, I did take big stands. So my, you know, my Tampa Bay, my Philly, though these, you know, Denver, some of these, uh, you know, week 17 numbers are going to be driven by that. But you see, even though I was on 
Denver. Hamler's one of my highest owned players. And Sutton is one of my highest owned players. Oh my God. Look at this. Three friggin' Justin Ross, KJ Hamler teams. That's my highest exposure stack. KJ Hamler, Jarek McKinnon, more Justin Ross. What the fuck was I taking on? Who, wh- which one of you slap dicks convinced me to take Justin Ross? Six teams. Unbelievable. What are we doing? What are you doing, moron? Um, big yikes. Um, I that that just like I just I'm I'm off I'm off my game now. Six of forty eight Justin Ross teams. What the fuck, man? I I literally have been like uh, preaching to anyone. You know, people were trying to argue for him and stuff in the chat. Like, oh, he just needs to be healthy. I'm like, yeah, but he's not fucking healthy. And I was the dumbass that was drafting him before the draft. <laughs> this is true. Thank you. You're making me feel better. Uh, other Eric said they were 20 rounds to be fair. And it was before the NFL draft. He was projected to go earlier in that. Uh, so uh, yeah. Anti anti Justin Ross guy has all the pre-draft Ross tells you a lot about um, the like cycle, right. <laughs> of like our thinking and our uh, you know, process and player targets and all that. I mean, fuck, look at this. Keyshawn Vaughn, 45%, right. Never would have even thought about that. I, 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 Trubisky was a part of my, I, I expected that one. Goddard, same way. But like, I don't, McLaurin, no, no, I don't really like Terry McLaurin that much. Um, Corey Davis, why? <laughs> um, definitely Kylan Granson, Trey McBride, I get it. Good old Jarrett Patterson. Uh, we swung and missed on a lot of, on a lot of these. Um, yeah, wow, Justin Ross really threw me off. But this is going to Josh's kind of question and point. Obviously, like I said, this is why is the Carolina and Tampa Bay number high? Well, if you're high on Keyshawn Vaughn and you're also high maybe on Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, whatever, you're going to get a fairly high exposure. But generally speaking, right, we're a random sampling because I couldn't plan for it. A random sampling of Week 17 correlations, you're still getting – you know, 25% or whatever. I have five five games in week 17 with 26% or more exposure to stacks of that game. And those drafts happened before the schedule came out. So it wasn't like I could have I could have planned for them, right? I mean, Denver and the Rams, obviously both of those teams are are teams that I would be interested in drafting. In week 16, I have 47% of that in the big board. Mostly, as you see here, Acres and Sutton and freaking freaking Kyron Williams. You could not draft worse teams apparently in the big board, I think, than uh, than than I did. But to prove the point, you're kind of seeing a little bit of uh, of that random that random sampling that will happen. No, no matter what, Tony says he has 75 stacks of Baltimore and Pittsburgh week 17. Yeah, it's because you draft Najee in every single draft. We are not surprised to hear um that all right let me go back pivot back over to DraftKings and to the millie maker (laughs) um all right let's go over to our exposures and um i wanted to look at two things kind of to wrap up 
um, going through kind of my priority targets, the Denver KC thing, and seeing where there might be some gaps. Um, same thing with Arizona and Atlanta, as you see, obviously over here, uh, you know, Kyler Hollywood are are my two highest owned players, and thus I do want to want to see like in these last, I have seventeen drafts left in this tournament, right? What do I need to rectify? from my main week 17 priorities in those final 17 teams. And then we can also kind of look at maybe some of the stuff that, you know, Tony says he has 75 teams with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I have, I have 12, out of 133. And it's kind of what I would expect Dobbins and Claypool Pickens and Lamar Pickens and Bateman to Najee and Bateman. It's mostly Dobbins Pickens, which is about pretty much what I expect. Little Claypool. So when we look at, so there's 68 total Denver KC combinations. And this is, I say this too much now. I said this last week. I'll probably say it next week. The, The thing that people miss the most when going through their best ball teams is they just look at this number over here, right? I have 36% Trey Lance. Let's use one of the Denver KC guys, actually. I have 32% MVS. So I look at, oh, man, 32%. That's four times, four times, you know, what the field has, right? If he's drafted in every draft, he's at 8.3%, and he's, I have 32. Like, whoa, buddy, that's probably, you know, too much to some people. To some people, maybe it's not enough, but to, to most people are probably like, dang, I got my fair share already of MBS. But when you then dig in, right, you'll look here and you'll say, let's actually look at the MBS teams just for uh, the point of this. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. So you obviously see got the 43 teams of, of MBS. And then I'm like, okay, I want a lot of MBS and I want, a lot of this game. So a 23% of my MVS teams don't have. That's the first thing. 23% of my MVS teams don't have a Broncos bring back, which is, which is okay, which is fine. Um, I like the Broncos so much that I do wish that number was higher, but that, that that's okay. But then when you look, you say, okay, I feel good about the MVS number. I feel good about 77% stacks of this game when you then look and you're like, well, let's scroll down to the bottom first actually and see, uh, it still has, God damn it. It still has all of, uh, let's do over here. Search for team. Um, it's pulling back all of my stacks. So let's do, uh, Denver. Yeah, there we go. If you type in Denver, um, and Jake's asking, what contest is this? This is the $5 Millie Maker on DraftKings. Um, and I wanted to go through this one because as you see up here, I've got 133 teams uh, in it. So um, I'm close to done with this one, which helps. You know, you can get a real full picture of what the... Uh, the portfolio looks like when you're about to the max. And then you can start to see 
what one like what does what does your actual portfolio look like around those week 17 week 16 playoff games when you've drafted 150 right because people just say oh yeah i, I got 30 percent of that guy i got x percent of this guy so I, i'm good i'm covered but when you actually dig in and you say okay look so this is these are my mvs teams i have 43 of them 16 of my mvs teams have jerry judy Right. So I typed in Denver. You're going to get a little bit of uh, like the guys that have DEN in their name. But who do I have MVS with on the Denver side, actually? Judy, Russ. So 37% Judy, 26% Russ, 23% Javante, 21% Sutton, 12% Tim Patrick, RIP to those teams, 12% KJ Hamler, 12% Alberto. 12% Melvin Gordon, 5% Greg Dolchich. So actually, this is one of those where I feel pretty good. Maybe a little heavy on Judy with him, but that's kind of worked, you know, uh, gotten a little lucky, but that has kind of worked out. As you guys know, I'm high on Russ. I'm high on Javante. The Sutton number at 21% seems fine. Nine Sutton MBS teams seems fine. Five Alberto. So maybe if you shifted a couple from Judy to Hamler and Alberto, I would be feeling really good, but you look at this and you're like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm pretty cool with that distribution of the Broncos guys with MVS. Right. And so you just work your way down in these week 17 stacks. It's like, okay, well now let's, what about, what about Russ? You're like, if that game is a priority and the uh, Broncos are a priority to me, a, you see here, I have 24 Russ teams. So I have 18%, I have 18% Russ. Now, with Russ, what kind of um, KC teams do I have? Okay, now now this is it gets interesting because it's not quite as flat. It's very heavy MVS when I have the bring back with with Russ, right? So seventy nine percent of my Russ teams have a KC bring back, so that's good as we kind of talked about before, it's pretty good. But with him, it's pretty heavy towards MVS. Not saying I want more Hardman, but there's one Hardman and 11 MVS. There's actually the real problem is, I think, is is Sky. I think if I get some more Russ teams here in these last 17 teams, I probably want to move some more of this to Sky. Get a few more sky teams. Let's say, let's say I draft three more rust teams. I'm just bullshitting a number, right? Um, if I have if I have 24 or I have 18 percent, close enough. I'm taking three more rust teams in my final 17. I probably want to keep in my mind or you know write in some notes or whatever that Sky is probably the guy I want to pair with him as opposed to MVS because just through sheer natural drafting. I've ended up really heavily exposed to MVS as my Russ bring back. And there's no real, I mean, there's a reason that MVS is higher as a percentage here, but there's no real particular reason that it should be like 50% MVS with Russ and 8% Sky. That I want to, I would want to bring that a little bit closer together. So there's a good example of kind of how I want to go through those, those week 17 games. Uh, I mentioned looking at Cardinals, at the Cardinals. So we look at Kyler. Obviously, Kyler is going to drive a lot of 
stacks of that game. First, you see right off the bat, when I punch in Kyler, you see, interestingly, 71% of Kyler teams have a Falcons bring back. Probably not quite as high as I would want, but the problem is, um, I'm sure everybody has experienced this to some to some degree, that you know the Falcons outside of Kyle Pitts, maybe outside of Drake London, are a little bit of a tricky proposition. And so I think that's largely what's leading to this, to this number here. Um, but you see out of, out of 48 teams with Kyler, there's a, a 18 of them have, have Kyle Pitts. We punch in Atlanta and we see it's pretty heavy Kyle Pitts, which I, kind of on the, the inverse of what we talked about with Kansas city and Denver I'm I'm comfortable with that. Honestly, I would probably prefer it was higher. <laughs> Let's just remove the Brian Edwards teams and add them onto Kyle Pitts, and I think I would actually be be pretty be pretty cool with that. Um, if I add Hollywood onto here, then see what my Atlanta teams look like. Um, you see, twenty one of my thirty. So I've drafted thirty. Kyler and Hollywood teams out of 133. Again, it's about in line. That's pretty good to get the bring back on seven, when, when 71% of my Kyler teams have a bring back and 70% of my Kyler Hollywood teams have a bring back. That's, that's, that's pretty good. And again, it's really Kyle Pitts focused. A little bit of London, a little bit of CPAT, a little bit of Algier, which is, again, similar to kind of what I would expect. So I actually feel pretty good, pretty good about that. But uh, what you do kind of see then, so my highest exposure players, these two, my highest exposure stack, and the bringbacks seem seem reasonable. My dog is like zonked. I wasn't sure if he was like. like standing like this but you see then kind of the you can just keep digging into all these different combinations it's kind of crazy also a little bit mind-numbing when you start to go through it but so we're looking at my kyler and hollywood teams we saw what the atlanta portions of them look like but i can also see okay i had what it, what, what was it 51 percent denver kc i'm a little lighter on the denver kc teams with my highest own stack right so there's another thing to think about. Okay, when I take Russ, there's something I've learned. When I take Russ in these final drafts, maybe I want to prioritize Sky a little bit more from the Chiefs side. And if I take any more Kyler Hollywood, maybe I want to, if I want the Denver KC game to be kind of at the same um, exposure percentage as it is, you know, across my entire portfolio, I need to think about Denver Denver KC secondary stacks with that part of that problem why this is a little bit lower number i'm sure is that you know so a travis kelsey if you take travis kelsey in the first you're probably not taking i'm not saying you can't but generally you're probably not taking kyle pitts in the third and then hollywood goes in the fourth fifth and kyler goes in the fifth sixth right juju goes in the same fourth fifth a lot of the guys go in the same ranges javante goes in the third which is where you're thinking about pits, right? There's a lot of crossing, a lot of overlap. So then when I click into here, it's like, okay, you see, okay, three with Kyler and Hollywood, three of them are Javante and MVS. 
makes sense. Interestingly, um, Travis Kelsey and Melvin Gordon, Javante and Travis Kelsey. So that's good. I've been wanting to get make sure I have enough Javante and Travis Kelsey. But you see the point. You start to keep going down this you know rabbit hole of figuring out exactly where you want your exposures to be through all these different playoff combinations. And you're never going to get them to precisely where you want them to be, honestly. But because it's just, that's just, it's a snake draft. It's not an auction. You don't get to pick and choose necessarily exactly who you get in every single draft. But you can start playing through all these different combinations. And that's, that's, that's really the main thing that um, I'm trying to do here. I kind of mentioned in Discord the other day that I am, uh, I'm definitely, you know, drafting right now, but I'm not going like super duper crazy. I'm I'm gonna go super duper crazy at the end. Um, you know, kind of barbelling um for everyone that you know loves the cat the, the 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 catchphrases, the keywords, barbelling my drafts. And so I'm in a little bit of this research zone right now where I'm trying to figure out, like I said, with 17 more teams, what are the little things that I want to go through? And I think from a playoff perspective is the easiest way to really hone in because you can really see like, okay, out of 133 teams, you love Russ, you you are big on the Chiefs, you like Sky more, you only got two of those. So, you know, you start to dig it, start at that top of, okay, all these guys are my priorities. Or even if it's not a certain individual player that's your priority, it's maybe I'm a zero RB bro or I'm a robust RB bro or I'm an anchor running back, hero running back guy let's start looking through all my my hero running backs and be like okay let's look at what colts i have with saquon let's look at what ravens i have with naji let's look at what giants i have with jt etc and start running down that list and just kind of continually improving upon drafts as you you know work your way through whether you're doing 150 if you're doing 10 you're, if you're doing 10 and you say, look, in these 10, I want to have this many Kyler teams and this many Russ teams or whatever, being able to see what you have in those, like, I'm going to do 10 best ball mania teams and I want to have Kyler on all of them. Do I want to have Kyle Pitts on all of those also? Do I want to have Brian Edwards, some Brian Edwards? Do I not care about the bring back? Right. And I want to start investigating those. So uh, I'm going to be back this afternoon. Thank you guys for dealing with me on the reschedule, the reschedule of this draft IQ show. We will be back next Wednesday with this at the regularly scheduled time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. We'll keep digging into some of these portfolio exposure, all that as as draft season starts to wind down. Be back today at 5 p.m. Eastern with the normally scheduled best ball theory show. And I'm bringing on a special guest, Matthew Betts. I believe he's at the fantasy PT on Twitter. He works for the fantasy footballers and he is, you know, an, a medical expert. We're going to learn about the strategy around injuries and, you know, recovery times and how to handle some of these training camp injuries and the reports and the uncertainty. When should we draft the hurt guys? When should we fade the you know guys coming back from a serious injury. We're going to talk through all that this afternoon, like I said, at 5 p.m. Eastern. So I'll be back with you guys then. Um, appreciate you, and I'll talk to you guys this afternoon. Peace.